from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast, and that was a terrible clap. But we're going to work with it anyway. Michelle hurt her arm. Is it broken? It is. <laughs> I have to go. Wow. Welcome to yet another show. Uh, I'm Perry. Um, Michelle MJ Boyle. And this is Mark. And we are reeling uh, from our previous show, which was really good, and ended up getting Michelle another gig. I think so. I my li- Maybe. Literally, I'm speechless. Yeah, it was... It was uh, an interview with a treehouse guy, and uh, there's just so much in the treehouse movement, the tiny house movement, those spaces, that thinking outside the box. Um, we have so much in common. So yeah, hopefully I'll get the opportunity to do some keynote stuff for yeah. one of his events sometime. I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going to the original tiny house tomorrow. Is that what you're thinking? No, I no. wasn't. Oh, you. Oh, that's what oh, you're going to say. Wait, yeah. Well, okay. What was it? Well, you say what? I, no, I was this. trying to find a way to put trees in to what Michelle oh, trees was saying. I've heard enough about trees yeah. lately. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. You know, our guest might have voted. Fine. Well. <laughs> um, so you're going to the original tiny house, which is I'm, the. I'm going to prison tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at Michelle to get four. She just looked at me like I, yeah. I expected that at some time here. <laughs> Given your stories, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they finally caught up with you. So yeah. the first time I went to prison um, <laughs> was the Oregon State Pen to 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 take a play down there. Yeah, we had a professional company down and took a I remember play down, and that was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow we're going to listen to prisoners um, pitch their startups. Oh yeah. Um, because Sonia, who works with a social ignition. Mm-hmm. Uh, works with these prisoners to mm-hmm. create business plans and businesses, and then they launch their businesses when they're out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> the locker. I, the, the I'm, hoping, joint. Yeah. I'm hoping that, that some of their pitches the big house. include mm-hmm. the tiny houses. Remember, Sonia and I had actually corresponded briefly. Really? Uh, yeah. It didn't work out for whatever reason, but mm. that's okay. Sometimes these things happen. So you'll have to, we're going to ask you how that went. Mm-hmm. That's a very innovative idea. I'm, the, try, the, I'm doing the, a tie-in to the guest. Oh, oh, <laughs> you guys shoot, gave okay. it. I'm like, <laughs> totally yeah, yeah, they got to do something, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is very innovative. Very innovative. In a tiny way. In a tiny yeah, way, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And speaking of mm-hmm. tiny innovations, we have um, <laughs> Ryan. Off script, off script. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have Ryan Donato, for, uh, one of the principals of, uh, 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 can I say new, Michelle? Are they, I think are so. They relatively? I would say they're relatively new relatively, to the tiny house yeah, movement. Relatively new, relatively new tiny house Newbies. builder. Yes, called Tiny Innovations. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Hello, how are you guys? Yeah, we're, we're doing great. We're a little rummy. We are a little <laughs> rummy. Our, so you're the third show that we've done this morning. We do three. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have been doing three in a row uh, every other Wednesday. We're going back to our original show schedule, which is one every Wednesday. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Well, eventually. Oh, okay. And so, and so, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Ryan, just yes. every reason to regret this decision. Exactly. Every reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Ryan, I'm really curious because um, your backstory says that you guys, you and your partner, I presume, or is that your brother, Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy's actually my cousin. I knew he was related somehow. Okay. So you guys have vast experience building multi-million dollar dollar mansions. And so you're slumming out with us in the tiny house community. (laughs) What gives my friend? 
well, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with the multi-million dollar customer or not. <laughs> uh, not necessarily the, the funnest thing yeah. in the world. Um, we kind of just got tired of the rat race, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a lot of the reasons people go tiny in general. Yep. Just to simplify. Um, at one point, we had over 30 employees. Uh, we were running, you know, on average, five to seven projects at a time. Um, these are full either ground up builds or restoration projects. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot. It was a lot to stay on top of. You couldn't be everywhere at once. I was spending honestly nine to 10 hours a day in a car, just wow. running materials, yeah. checking on this. It, uh, it just lost its luster, I guess. Yeah. Um, we, we did very well financially, but at the end of the day, that's not what's important to us. So what happened? Yeah. So well, uh, jokingly, um, about two years ago, I was like, let's bag this and let's just start making tiny houses. It'll solve all of our problems. <laughs> um, <we> can... <laughs> That's what everybody says. <laughs> if only I had a tiny house. <laughs> to be honest, like one of our biggest issues was having so many employees and managing all of those people, um, you know, keep making sure, uh, you know, we weren't getting milk for hours because we had everyone, like I said, was on payroll. It was, it was a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. um, so we figured by consolidating, going under one roof, um, having a definitive product that we're going to build on a, on a higher scale, uh, it would be a little bit easier to manage. Mm. That was our original thought. And, and then, then what happened? Then we got into it. <laughs> <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah. Uh, we realized really quick there's nothing tiny about a tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Just it's uh it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff in a little square in a in a little box. Mm -hmm. Um we 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 took a little different approach than uh a lot of other builders. Um we spent almost a year uh designing, working with our engineers, um coming up with uh, the way we were gonna build our tiny houses. Uh but then we went through the, the gamut of going through NHTSA and Rivia uh, to become, you know, RVIA certified and all that. Um, it, it took a while to get going. We officially opened our doors uh, in January here in, at our shop. And we've been, we've been going pretty strong ever since. Hmm. Uh, we've, uh, we've, we've teamed up with some, some other builders in the industry to help uh, with their workflow. Um, we've, uh, We've, we've kind of gone more of a commercial approach to doing a lot of business branding builds. You mean like, like being the white box manufacturer for another builder kind of thing? Correct. Our, okay. our whole goal with this is to be the cornerstone of the industry. We want to help everyone. We don't, we don't look at other people as competition. Mm -hmm. We just want to help everyone. That's the Oregon uh, way. You got you gotta <laughs> to blunt. blunt. I'm just kidding. He's in Gresham, um, of course he has a blunt. <laughs> Don't look at my glove box. <laughs> well, out of all the tiny house builders that uh, build locally, um, your tiny houses are very, very, very impressive. Um, I'm when not did you see one? Um, well, actually, it's kind of funny. So my son actually delivers paint. Uh, he delivers paint for a local, for Sherwin-Williams. He drives all over you know, a hundred mile radius. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he was actually the one that actually first turned me on to in Tiny Innovations. How did he see one? Um, I think he drove by their shop and um, saw one parked out front and took a picture of it and sent it to me. Huh. And he, he's now made it his personal challenge to name that house. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, what? There's a tiny mm. house in Portland I haven't seen, and I don't know who built it. Uh, this might have been March or April. So I set out um, I set out to figure out whose tiny house it was, and it was, uh, it was Tiny House Innovations. I see. Cool. So um, your builds are really, really impressive. I'm not going to say expensive, but I am going to say really, really impressive. Definitely amongst, shall we say, the Cadillac of the design, especially for the local builders. So... Um, the tiny house people, however, I'm going to bring the elephant in the room. The tiny house people, however, tend to be cheap. Uh, we want a tiny house for thirty or forty thousand dollars, and we want to park it for free. Um, Pretty much. So, to what extent do you actually engage with individual buyers as well, individual consumers, or do you only build for other builders? And sort of, what's that relationship difference like? Yeah, we actually we work directly with consumers. Um, it, it, you know, we'll build, we'll build out anything. We don't just uh, corner ourselves with just tiny houses. Uh, like for example, um, right now I'm working on a uh, 10 by 20 uh, safe room. That's basically a man cave in a box for someone to store all their guns in. <laughs> is it, is that box in their house or underground or it'll be in, uh, I've given away too many security details. It'll be in their shop. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all three sixteenths inch plate steel, um, steel tube framed with a twelve pin vault door. Um, Crazy. But the in, but the inside looks like a rustic cabin that you can play poker and watch the UFC fight if you want. Oh, crazy way <laughs> to think outside the box. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Um, we've also done uh, a few mobile construction trailers. Uh, we uh, we actually had. Uh, a celebrity come in and film a TV show with us for a, a few days for the build. It was, it was pretty fun. Was uh, that Jenna? Really, we're, we're waiting for the episode to air before we could really talk a lot about it. Mm. It's been a little frustrating because it's exciting, but um, mm. I'll just say it was probably his cleanest job ever. Mm. His oh. cleanest job I know who that is. We're not going to say anything. Dun, but. Dun, dun. So the, the construction uh, building though, isn't that, so when you say a, con, a mobile construction building, I think like those tough sheds that container. they have. Well, not even containers, mm, like the tough sheds yeah. that they have at building sites. What are you talking about? This was a uh, 20 foot enclosed trailer, uh, all, you know, aluminum floor, stainless accents, really nice trailer uh, with built in cabinets, workbench, uh, toolboxes, onboard air compressor, um, pretty much everything you need to run a job site. What is he going to use it for? It was for a local nonprofit um, that uh, she teaches kids how to build. Oh, interesting. And oh, she was, uh, I know who that is. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> the tiny house world is so small, uh, okay, especially so locally. Funny. Okay. So uh, that that's, was That's probably... very cool that she's finally sort of embraced tiny houses as a, as a platform. Because I had... This this one definitely didn't look like a tiny house. It right. looked like an enclosed trailer, right. but a lot of the same thought process that goes into a tiny house we right. put into mm. this. Yeah. That's making everything modular mm -hmm. and self-contained. Interesting. So, so um, 
Ryan, I'm, I'm really curious. So how, how is it going so far? You said you're going gangbusters. Is that because of the relationships you have with other builders or are you getting a lot of interest from consumers? And if that's happening, how on earth are they finding you? Um, a lot of it. Yeah. Well, you know, to be totally honest is with our, our white label builds. Okay. Um, but at the same time we have, uh, we've marketed pretty heavily. Uh, we have a great location with, uh, pretty much on the busiest, one of the busiest streets in the Portland Gresham area. Mm. Um, and you'd be surprised what, uh, putting yeah. a 28 foot tiny house on the front of a street will do. Yeah. I bet. Uh, we People get about take pictures 12, and they send it to their mom. Today. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Did, 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 did they answer your question, Michelle, about the price point? I don't remember. No, the question was, what's the <clears throat> oh, difference? Well, no, that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. It's the nature of an organic conversation. Exactly. So, no, the question was, what is the difference? Do they see any or what's the difference between dealing with uh, other builders, you know, building to other yeah. people's specs or other companies, yeah. B2B, business-to-business yeah. business relationship, as opposed to business-to-consumer relationship? What is the difference, the pluses, the minuses of that, those two different so to, kinds? To be honest, our, our business-to-consumer builds would probably be less expensive. Um, just because with a lot of our business-to-business business builds, they're, they're, they're for marketing their higher dollar. Um, yeah. so we, you know, we'll, we'll do anything from DIY kits, um, to shells to, you know, complete tiny houses for consumers. How many people work in your staff? You had 30 when you were doing the mansions. How many you do? How many people are working where you do now? So we're, uh, we are, I'm just going to put this out there. We are hiring. <laughs> um, we have, uh, about 12 people. Uh, Full time right now. Maybe when my framer's done with mine, I might lend them out to you. So, so, (laughs) so the one I would be interested. So, the 30 (laughs) people that were working with you on the big houses said, nah, not going to help on tiny houses. (laughs) I think it was more, um, you know, as as you grow in business, you you learn to make tougher decisions. And the biggest thing we've we've done is we've uh, we've built a culture within our business, and the people who work for us truly care about what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, for example, a build we finished last month, uh, the last two weeks of the build, uh, we were working close to 100 hour weeks. Um, the last two days we worked on it were back to back 37 hour days. So do math on that one. It was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. That's and for nuts. people to do that, they, they truly, you have to give them a purpose yeah. and um, they have to like each other. And so lunch. team cohesion is the biggest thing for me. It's, I don't really hire for hands. I hire for heart. Mm, nice slogan. What uh, were you, why were you working so hard on that project? Um, just the magnitude of the project. Were you under um, a, a time crunch? Was. Were you under a time crunch or something? Yeah, it was a six week build. Oh, okay. And <sighs> it was absolutely insane there's a lot of things that haven't been done a lot in the tiny home industry mm-hmm. um there's some things that haven't been done before um can you say what some of those uh, things were yeah have you guys seen the the doers the, the emporium the what sorry you you played it out uh, uh doers fine scotch mm, the, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 we built that Oh, I have, we have, I know it's doers fine scotches, but I haven't seen what you're talking about. Is there a tiny house you're talking about? Yeah, they, they did a, uh, 20 foot, 28 foot, uh, tiny house, uh, as basically a mobile 
whiskey emporium. So it was a complete theme build. Um, it had dual slide outs, dual overhang, uh, bifold doors, um, percent copper roof. It was 24 ounce copper, uh, copper sheeting on the walls. Wow. Just lots of crazy stuff. Everything was hand fabricated, uh, oh. in house. So it, it was a, a very daunting task. Mm. Um, gotta love these new, oh these God, new commercial, you gotta love these new commercial builds. Um, more and more big mm. companies are using tiny houses as their platform. Have you guys seen the Tesla build? Mm-hmm. Tesla's got one too. Yeah, Tesla's yeah, got it's one. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, we actually, uh, in these commercial type theme builds are uh, really where our our focus is, to be honest. Let me ask you how much, so how, what's the price, what's the price differential between like a B2C house and one like this Doer's? Um, the, the doers built, I can't go into specific costs, but six it figures? was, it was, it was a six figure plus build. Yeah. Six figure plus. Interesting. Yeah. It's amazing. And guys, let's take a step back here. This is since January. I know. It's just like incredible <laughs> that, that you guys have, have accomplished so much and so little. Oh, wow. I'm, did you, Three years worth of story built yeah, in, in seven, seven or eight months. months. Mm. Did you, did you do the Tesla build too? Uh, no, we did not. Okay. Interesting. I, uh, I wish got, I did. Yeah, they've got the power wall in there, it looks like. So, so um, I'm just really curious how you were able to gain, how are you able to achieve such success in such a short amount of time when we've spoken with tiny house builders over the course of the two years of this show who, you know, can't seem to get it together around their marketing or sales at well, all. A lot of those builders are first-time builders that have built one, two, or three. These that's guys true. have built such that's, monsters you know, before. That's, that's just it. Well, one thing that we could proudly say is I don't think there's anyone in the tiny house industry that could touch our quality, our wow. fit and finish, um, and the, the overall outcome of the builds. I mean, we, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. We know what materials to use, how to use them. Um, it, you know, it's for, for us, you know, going down to a tiny house, for example, that that's the size of a, a bedroom and a master bathroom for us before, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're, because we were building, you know, five to 6,000 square foot homes. So you must employ, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. So you must employ your own cabinet maker, your own plumber, your own electricians. I'm, I'm thinking you probably don't do hire a lot of subcontractors, right? We don't, we, uh, we, uh, obviously for our trades, we, we use subs for our HVAC plumbing and electrical. Right. Okay. Just because, you know, especially over the years we've learned, those are the three things you don't mess with. Those okay. are, yeah. And we That's also, uh, <laughs> we, we sub out the installs of our roof as well. The, the metal roof. Oh, really? Just because we want, we use a, a, you know, we use Taylor roofing products. Me um, too. They are so amazing. Uh, we just want to make sure they're perfect, you know, and we're not, we're not roofers. Um, I am not, we could definitely do the installs ourselves, but it's just, it's better to focus what you're good at and stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of trying to tackle everything, uh, you know, just get really good at the basics, you know? Yeah. So what's your favorite part of 
you've you've embarked on this new venture. Um, what's your favorite part? And then conversely, any regrets so far? Or maybe not regrets, but your worst part. There you go. <laughs> Nightmare customer story. I, yeah, I'd love to hear one. Really? Uh, it's hard to think of any real negatives. I try not to live in that realm, to be honest. Good idea. Appreciate um, that. And that, I'm not trying to sell smoke here. I, that's just the way, uh, you know, I live my life. And I think that's part of the reason Jeremy and I have had so much success is we're, we're professional problem solvers. So if anything comes our way, we don't, we just get over it and get through it and learn from it. Try not to make the same mistake twice. But as far as my favorite aspect of this is the design, the, be able to, the, the ability to be infinitely creative. Um, it's just satisfying. Well, yeah, infinitely creative inside a box that's rigidly finite. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, that's, I, I, to be honest, I'm living my dream. Like, uh, ever since I was 16 years old, I dreamed of having a shop and all the tools that I have in it. Um, you know, we have full CNC capabilities here. I have a full metal fab shop, um, full wood shop. I mean, there's, there's nothing we can't do wow. inside this building. Wow. I mean, it's funny because you talk like a startup guy, not like a lot of other tiny house builders to me with some of the, the way that you view things and look at things is not, yeah. you know, builder centric, I guess yeah. is a way to put it. It's really yeah, more um, focused on I, the creative part of the process. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, just so you, as a background, Jeremy and I have been in business together since we were 19 years old. Uh, how do you so know? I am a, I, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in January. Wow. So I am definitely a entrepreneur first. Uh, this is, like I said, this is not our only business and this is definitely not our first business. So we have taken some licks over the years. You know, we've learned some, you know, pretty heavy lessons. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that might also uh, answer Perry's question about how do you hit the ground running and yeah. be so successful yeah. because it's, it's a non-traditional launch model. Yeah. Um, those of us that have an entrepreneur mindset um, understand how fast you have to move to take advantage of every single opportunity yeah. to get out. Here's, here's the thing. The, you could have the best idea in the world, but it doesn't mean shit without massive action. Right. Amen. And you have to just do something. You, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, they... Uh, they think about it way too long yeah. and they think about it so long that the opportunity passes them. Absolutely. So it's, it's crucial to just, like, like I say, to take massive action every day. Yeah. Um, come in with a game plan, execute on the game plan. If it doesn't work, adjust and execute again. Yeah. That's great that's startup that's advice. Exactly that's it. it. Yeah. What, what other couple companies non-related to, to tiny house building, what other things have you guys done together? So uh, we, uh, we've done, we, we used to own a mortgage company. Uh, we, we do a lot of private money lending. Um, so we do provide investment capital for, uh, you know, real estate-based investments. Um, I was actually uh, in the car business for about 13 years. Wow. And ran dealerships. Um, I was one of the early pioneers of the internet and BDC department. So kind of a basically what changed the, the car industry from its sleazy past. <laughs> <laughs> Is your, so the, 
the uh it's funny that you you were living your dream and you're only you said 34 38 30, uh, I'll be 35 in January. 35. So, so when you were a kid, <clears throat> what were you, obviously you weren't thinking about tiny houses for God's sakes. Were you, were you definitely not tiny houses, okay. but I was a hands-on builder type person. Like for example, uh, when I was like in like a freshman in high school, I took my quad apart in the garage, my ATV, mm. I put it back together in my bedroom and my dad lost his freaking mind. <laughs> but, but I've always been that type of person. I have to understand how it works. And once I, you know, it goes either two ways. Once I figure out how someone, something works, I either go deeper into it or I'm like, oh, that's boring. And I hmm. changed my mind about it. Interesting. But, so and then I also knew I never wanted to work for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I wanted, I want that creative freedom so were you entrepreneurial as a kid then as well yeah uh for you know i i had kind of a i moved in with my father when i was uh almost 13 years old um and i had kind of a a, a rough upbringing until that point my mom was a was a drug addict at the time uh, we lived in kind of you know crappy areas and uh, my first business was actually i would go door to door in my apartment complex and uh, asked to take people's garbage out for, you know, 50 cents a dollar. Wow. So I could, you know, feed my sister and myself or my wow. mom. Wow. So that was kind of my, my start in the business. And I got pretty good at it. You know, I was able to, you know, take my, take my little sister to skate world on the weekends, you know, make sure we ate, um, buy my mom flowers, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I learned at an early age that I could get whatever I want through hard work. Mm. Where's your and sister? I, Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Where Where is my sister? Yeah, I was going to ask, where's your sister? Oh, she lives in uh, Clackamas. Mm. So you guys grew up here in Oregon? Correct, yeah. Mm. Do you have a brother? I, I, uh, my, I have a brother. Um, he's 14 years old, or 14 years younger than me. <laughs> okay, um, I was going to say. Sorry, oh, I came out. So, yeah, my, my dad's not that bad. Um, <laughs> so he's, uh, he was actually, actually my 14th birthday present. So I'm January 4th and he was born on January 3rd. Oh. So he ruined my 14th birthday. I was supposed to go paintballing, but I ended up going to the hospital instead. Oh. Um, but he actually, uh, he actually works for me. He's, uh, he's worked for us since he graduated high school a couple years ago. Cool. So you got the last laugh. Exactly. Hey dude, step exactly. it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's been an awesome, it's been so cool seeing his progression. He's, he's grown so much and he has such a good skill set now that, you know, he can pretty much do whatever he wants now. Wow. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's cool teaching him some of the stuff that I've learned along the way. So when I look at the, was, sorry, you're going to say something else, Ryan? Sorry about that. Oh no, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say when I, when I look at the construction industry, especially residential construction, not, not tiny houses, but maybe tiny houses too in some cases, <clears throat> there is such a lack of quality in favor of speed and, I guess, cost profit focus. Well, just experience too. And probably experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I hearken back to the days when, like on This American this old house, this American house, this old house, this old house, this old house. This old house. 
Are you familiar with that show? I love that stuff. Okay, you're oh, familiar. Yeah. Okay, were they Bob Vila? Yeah, yeah Bob yeah, Vila. Where yeah. they where they would take the time to like do the project as a reflection of who they are. What What's your opinion on on what's happened in construction? And is it is it cost and profit focus, or or do we just not have the time in our society these days to produce quality? I think it, there's there's a couple things that come into play. One. Um, a lot of contractors are, I call them check collectors mm. <laughs> that they, they tell you anything you want to hear just to get that initial check. And then all of a sudden all their problems are your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, it's a business. And I think there's just like any industry, there's good people and there's bad people. Um, and a lot of times they don't even really mean to be bad people. They're just in over their head. Mm. Um, I don't think, a lot of people nowadays know exactly what to look for in quality. So if it looks good to the eye, then it must be good. But mm-hmm. it, it, it goes deeper than that. There's, you know, I, and I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I've gone, we've, we've, we've used a lot of uh, subs in the past and I've had bad experiences and that's why we pretty much do everything in house as far as, except for those few things that I told you, just so we could control the quality. Um, A shout out to, um, to our listeners. Um, trim work and cabinetry and those types of things seem to be very um, sort of surface. But when you go to look at a tiny house, um, when you go to entertain a new builder, when you go to decide if you're going to you know, do business with that builder, one of the best ways to tell about the quality of mm-hmm. their work is the corners. And every yes. single space that one material intersects with a different material. Mm-hmm. So that could be a ridge cap, anything from a ridge cap all the way down to the corner molding behind the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how the countertops fit together with the cabinets. I mean, every if you, if you look at the corners, you can tell the quality of the builder by those corners. Mm-hmm. You can then, then you know that everything behind that wall is sort of built with that same level of intention and that same level of, of quality and fit and function. And mm. so that's kind of the, the, just again, for our listeners perspective, that's the, the cheat that I use when I walk through builds, because when you look at something and there's a quarter inch gap here and a half inch gap yeah. there, and the door doesn't open all the way because it intersects with the front door or something like that you can tell that there's not quite as much thought that goes into that build. And um, so without putting myself on the spot here, would you agree with that? Like, like, would you agree with that assessment? The the first thing I always look at is, is the trim or the, you know, the casings around the door. And um, if you see one gap, rest assured, there's going to be a thousand. It's like mice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and believe it or not, again, it looks very simple. We've talked on the, yeah, on the we, podcast yeah, before. We we've talked about my window trim mm-hmm. nightmare story. And it looks very, very simple, but it's quite literally one of the most difficult parts of the build to get precisely right, to get perfect. And um, to make sure that the grain of the trim on the window, that this, the left piece matches the bottom. I mean, it. It's so much attention to detail. And if they're still, <laughs> if six months later or three months later, they're still paying that much attention to the build, yeah. um, you know you got a good build. So thank you for, for agreeing with me, I suppose. Yeah, it, 
I just feel like, you know, especially with tiny houses, you know, uh, people are making a commitment to, to live a lifestyle a certain way. And we, we really do believe that everyone deserves a luxury experience. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're paying in some cases, they're paying a hell of a lot of money for a really small house. And so you really want that quality to be in every centimeter. If exactly. Can. And you know, the, and I, I wanted to build something that I could, I could stand behind and be proud to put my name on. Um, and, and my guys are the same way. They, they take pride in every single thing they do. Hmm. Um, if it's, if it's not right, I don't, I don't even have to, you know, micromanage them, but if they know if it's not right. And, you know, that we took a lot of time uh, to build our, our demo model, the, the Catalina. Mm-hmm. Um, we took a, a lot of extra time on that just to set the standard for our future builds. There was so one, everyone knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was one on I-5 northbound yesterday, about 5 o'clock, 5.30 p.m., was that one of your builds? Do you know? Um, I no, that was not. Yellow's on yellow on the top. Uh, no, I that's I know whose build that is though. Okay, I was just wondering. So, so Ryan, when you when was it a yellow roof? Uh, I believe so. It's yeah, yellow on the top section with wood on the bottom. Almost like a hmm. almost like a canary yellow. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, that was uh, another local company out of Tualatin. Interesting, interesting that everybody's copying my yellow theme. I hear I thought I was going to have this really great memorable color and now everybody's doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to pout a little bit. Um, so, so your builds, are they, are they roadworthy also? Or are you building primarily for houses that want to just stay in one place? Yes, they are very much so roadworthy. Uh, for example, the doers build has already gone, uh, I believe 9,000 miles. Wow. Does someone, does someone live in it? No, but it's a, it's going city to city on a, uh, on a tour for their, their marketing campaign. Wow. So they're, it's going on 21 cities this year and they're doing 18 next year. So we, we did have to take some extra precautions. And when we, like, like I said earlier, we, we spent a lot of time in the beginning working with our engineer on how we could make these things handle and transport it yeah uh for example we have our our floor systems unique um our framing system is definitely unique uh we're rated for over 200 mile per hour winds wow uh, obviously with the the taylor uh roofing products mm-hmm. uh you know category four hurricane rated um that's that was one of our big deciding factors to go with their with their products Wait, wait a second, Ryan. So when you say category four, four hurricane rated, you don't mean that the tiny house won't be picked up and blown away. You just mean that it won't be blown apart, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. I mean, <clears throat> unless it's anchored down, it's, it's obviously yeah. going right. somewhere. Okay. <laughs> just the, their roofing product is rated to that. So, I see. Um, especially, uh, you know, going towards, you know, the mid, Midwest and East Coast. I mean, it, uh, it, it gets pretty crazy out there. We're pretty lucky in Oregon to have some mild weather. Yeah, we are. I know everyone complains about the rain, but it's pretty mild here. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is the one thing that you wish everybody knew about Tiny Innovations? What's the one question we haven't asked, but you wanted to? Uh, the story that you want to tell and the message you sort of want to convey? 
really that we're, we're here to help um, anyone in this industry that uh, you know we, we want to be able to provide support. Uh, and most of all, we, we really want to set some true standards for this industry um, to help it grow and to make sure it stays around for a long time. So what is, what does that manifest itself? Um, again, we talked about the business of business versus the business of consumer model. Um, a lot of times when consumers, like when they walk in your front door, there's a lot of, there's a lot of education. There's a lot of uh, advocacy. There's a lot of where do you put them and so forth. So, do you have a brochure? Do you have a method? Do you have like one person that's devoted to answering the thousands of questions that no doubt by this point come in to your, to your plant? That's again, that's one of the things that a lot of the builders struggle with. Like people come I, to the, I think, I think I want a tiny builders, house, but they don't really know what they want. Exactly. Um, we do, uh, we have a, uh, an, one of our office ladies up front who we, Anyone who comes in, we give them a full tour. We walk them through. Wow. We show them the build process. Wow. Uh, Super unique. And we said, and it's important because I, I really, we really want them to, to get a feel for what they're, they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's more than just a, a box on wheels. Um, and then we, from there, we go to an, an initial you know, consultation. We find out we, you know, what their wants and needs are. Um, it is a very personal process. Mm. Do you, um, sorry, you're going to say, no, no, his, his, the way you talk, sometimes you take a break and I want, I, I don't know if you're going to come up with more. And so I interrupt. <laughs> sorry about that. I just, I could get really long winded. So I, I don't, I don't want to go too crazy down the rabbit holes or anything like that. <laughs> okay. So, so I have a, so do you, do you build, um, wood, wood framing or steel framing or whatever it is? That's, uh, both. Yeah. Oh, you do um, both. Do you do We're, your own frames or do you full struct? Uh, we do all of our own framing. Mm. Amazing. Uh, well, primarily, we've been using uh, just stick framing. Right. Um, I'm, we're trying to develop a new framing product that's going to save a lot of weight. Uh, that's one of the biggest issues Yeah. with these being on wheels is how heavy they can get. Yep. Um, we're trying to come up with a model that's uh, you know a, a double axle trailer. Um, up to 18 feet long that could be towed with a half ton truck wow. is our goal. Yeah. So making well, it more accessible to the average person. Yeah. Right. You know, so, or, or someone who wants it, you know, for a vacation home or to go, you know, camping or something, you know, yeah. there's so many different things that a tiny house could be used for. Yeah. It's not just limited to, uh, you know, your, your primary residence, your living quarters. You can save about, what is it, about 1,000 pounds, 1,500 pounds per 18-foot tiny house with a steel frame, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, but the, I, I, have, you, have you worked with uh, steel framing very much? Um, I have worked with steel framing, actually, um, when I worked for a company that ironically builds uh, Nike sort of, um, shall we say, sales rooms. Lack like of pop-ups or something? Yeah, there you go. Mm. Kind of a pop-up. We yeah. did some we did some steel construction. Again, it goes up fast and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the challenge, however, for the DIY builder, which I, of course, qualify as, I couldn't use the steel or wouldn't use the steel frame. From my perspective, they're just a little getting the whole rivet thing down. The two-by-four and a nail gun is so much easier to mm. relate to, but I, I hear more and more builders that are really starting to 
embrace, conquer the learning curve, and promote the steel frame. It might be, it might be a much bigger deal. It'd be interesting to circle back with you in six to 12 months and see how that whole, um, see how that pans out. There's definitely pros and cons to both. Uh, what I found is when you, after you framed and you're, you're on to finish work, it's, it's not as easy to attach things to. That's yeah. what I was wondering. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're very, they're very thin and flimsy yeah. and you don't have a lot of wall thickness in them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to use like an aluminum extruded, uh, type tubing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's just as strong, but obviously, you know, 15, 20% lighter, mm-hmm. uh, that has a thicker wall thickness. So you get some more rigidity, um, so would Definitely. you then put would you then put all your electrical and your plumbing in conduit then? You know, I've seen uh, it both ways. It, you know, uh, I haven't got that far yet on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking to a few manufacturers, so um, yeah, hopefully uh, within the next three four months we'll we'll get a little bit further on it. Well, a couple of weeks back we spoke with a. A guest who had some sort of a machine that basically it was kind of like a CNC. It, it produced um, metal studs that all you had to do was bolt them together. Yeah, that was Volstruct. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. they did is they would feed the floor plan of the tiny house into the CNC. They would calculate, and it was kind of an extrusion machine. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they extrude the the metal and cut the lengths mm-hmm. with a CNC. Yeah, that's who that was. They again, um, they're kind of on the quote unquote forefront of of that style but through their advocacy and through their educational process more and more um people are jumping on the steel stud bandwagon i just got back from the tiny house living festival down in colorado Mm -hmm. and um they actually have a trailer manufacturer that is now expanding their offering to include trailer and steel frames so so are you familiar with that with that um, method ryan Actually, I'm not. I would, I would like to get some information on that. Yeah, it's interesting. When we interviewed him, I was, and he was talking about this framing, I was thinking what, of what Michelle said how, and what you have said, how flimsy these pieces of material would be, especially when you're trying to connect things from the inside to it. It's yeah. Like, do you, where do you get the rigidity from if you're using that kind of material? See, well, there's a lot of cross so Normally, you would, you would drill in and put a, like a, a butterfly-type fastener right. behind it, mm-hmm. and then it pinches they just don't work that well yeah um now uh, have you guys heard of uh 80 20 products no uh, uh-uh. 80 20 they do uh, uh like t-slots oh there so you go a, yeah yeah i know what they are yeah they, they, yeah so i wonder if it's if it's similar to that i do have a cute steel story if anybody if everybody will uh will let me yeah, we'll so again i'm at the i'm at the colorado festival <laughs> I'm going to steal the show. <laughs> How's that? I was at the Colorado Festival and we had a shipping container that had been converted into a bar, mm-hmm. right? That it fold down the windows and serve beer. Nice. And parked next to the shipping awesome. container with the bar, which was awesome, by the way. I got to be the bartender and give out free beer. You mm-hmm. want to be the most popular person at the festival? <laughs> Tell everybody you're giving away free beer. Instant party. Anyways, so we had um, a guy that had a trailer and he had a steel framed house on top of the trailer. And at the end of the festival, he left and said, oh, I'll come back and get it tomorrow. Like literally left it sitting there. No, um, no, no tongue jack, no lock, no, just left it oh, sitting no. there. That's so, brave. 
yeah. <laughs> we were joking. We were like, hey, we should put a free ad on Craigslist <laughs> and move the sucker. Because what happened was the guy came to pick up the shipping container slash bar. And because the house was in the way, he couldn't pick up the shipping container. So mm. as one of the festival helpers or organizers, I guess. So we had to figure out how to move this tiny house far enough away from the shipping container so he could pick it up. And all the other tiny house builders with trucks and everything, they had our left. It was the end of the festival. Mm. Um, shout out to Mandy Lee Photography. Um, she hooked up this 20-foot long tiny house with a steel frame to her Jeep. Oh. And uh, yeah, she had a two-inch She ball. was able to pull it? She pulled. We pulled it um, probably, I don't know, 200 feet or so. Mm. Wow. Um, a 20-foot long tiny house that was steel framed. We pulled it with her Jeep. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, terribly uh, dramatic. It, in other words, it wasn't really pushing it. You but know, it was like just the frame or was it a complete tiny house? No, no, it was just the frame. That's but right. my, okay. again, my point is the fact that you would have never been able to even entertain the concept of moving an entire right. framed tiny house two feet with a little Jeep. Oh, I, mm. if it was wood frame. If it was yeah, wood frame. The Jeep has like a 6,000 pound towing capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, it was funny. We, like I said, we all took pictures and it was, it was really fun to, we had to, out of all the tiny house builders and all the trucks and all the big manly uh -huh. men, there was three of us women and a Jeep <laughs> and we moved this tiny house and then we all congratulated ourselves and got drunk. Funny. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. We're definitely going to have you back oh, yeah, no again. Problem. We're definitely going to have you back again. Um, hey, and you guys, I would, would love it if you guys come by the shop and take a look at what we're doing. Actually, I'm going to come out and take a look because I'm really interested in your, your build materials mm -hmm. and quality. I want to see what it's like. Oh, awesome. I want to look at yeah, the bone pile. Uh, the what? <laughs> the bone pile. Uh, I'll make sure I get you guys all my contact info too so you can cool. just reach out directly. Fantastic. Awesome. Okay. And Tiny House listeners, uh, yes, you have listened to yet another interesting show on the Tiny House podcast. Yay. Please feel free to join us next week. And a quick shout out to Rich. Rick. Rick. Rick God McNerney. Rick McNerney. The goddamn Rick McNerney show. <laughs> <laughs> For his magic in making us sound even more attractive than we actually are. I'm going to get little cue cards now. I'm going to like, get a little cue card, and exactly. every single time you want to say his name, I'll flip it up. Rick McNerney. Flip it up. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 